0: You're listening to audio from The Village Church, a community that's formed by the gospel and sent on God's mission, gathering weekly in the heart of downtown Hamilton, Ohio. For more information about The Village or to connect with us, you can find
1: us online at myvillagechurch.com.
0: Hey, all Michael here, and with me is...
1: Scott O'Donohue.
0: Hey, it's just the two of us today, and what we're trying to do in relatively short order... Ha! is to uh, give a little bit of an overview of the <clears throat> Indivisible um, class that we had on Sunday. And so we'll hopefully try to do this uh, each week. Mm-hmm. And we just thought this might be an appropriate outlet to create some space. It's, it's difficult to reproduce yeah, uh, because it is kind of largely driven by dialogue and uh, question answer type stuff. But thought it would be good for those who are unable to make it just for us to chat and give an overview of how session one went. And so uh, does that sound cool. fair? Sounds good. All right, first question is, uh, why would the church engage in such a dicey, <laughs> divisive topic? Why would uh, you, I'd say, why would we collectively decide to sit down and, and bring people uh, yeah uh, <laughs> uh, diversity into the room?
1: <clears throat> yeah, uh, well, I think because we're already talking about it. I mean, I think that's the thing is, like, the church is already talking about it. <laughs> Whether it's at home or friends, family, uh, even other people in the church, like, we're talking about it. We're we're hearing about it, like we're either on purpose, dialing in, tuning in somewhere to hear about it and be informed about politics. Um, or we just, I mean, you can't scroll through feeds or be anywhere at any point in time right now without hearing something about politics. And so we are engaging in those conversations. We are uh, we, we are learning, uh, we're being shaped in how to think and, and what's true and what's not true and all that stuff as it relates to politics. And so uh, it would make sense that actually the church would talk about this that we would make space as a church to discuss it because um man our philosophy here at the village is that all of life is part of discipleship and politics is a part of life and therefore we get to submit this area of uh not just our culture broadly but even internal feelings and thoughts and convictions about politics we get to submit those things to Jesus and let him shape us um in those things and so uh, as a as a church, we are pretty, I would say we are politically diverse. Um, and the the thrust, the purpose statement of this whole class is that we want to fight for unity in Christ um, within a politically diverse local church. And that doesn't happen by ripping each other to shreds, uh, whether that is, um, you know, from a distance, just lobbing grenades on social media without naming names, names about who thinks that way or believes this stuff or wants to vote for this guy or whatever, or uh, well, that doesn't also happen when we uh, when we refuse to talk about stuff either. When we're so afraid to bring it up because it might cause division, or what if someone gets angry, or there's a, a fight breaks out, or you know whatever. Like that's not building unity either. Um, that's just a, avoiding unity and it's acknowledging that there is differences, but it's not not seeing uh, the, the benefit of pressing in and actually fighting for unity and that stuff. And so what we want to do is, by the spirit, um, say you know what, yeah, like can we just acknowledge that there are differences? when we approach politics and also that politics in and of itself does not have the power to divide the church. Um, and so we get to fight for the supremacy of Christ, um, certainly in our own life, but even within the local church in the way that we discuss uh, political things in the here and now. So that's, that's why we're talking about this, because if, if we're not having the conversation here, if we're not letting the church uh, altogether collectively shape us, uh, in this, then we are basically saying nah. politics does have the power to actually divide, split, and conquer the local church.
0: It's so interesting. I've had people say that, you know, hey, like, gosh, that seems like a, you know, like, why would you want to subject yourself to that? <laughs> um, but that really is the answer. Like, it do, it just doesn't make sense to be a community that's formed by the gospel and and even sent on God's yeah, mission. right. Um, to just like the the nature of like sweeping things under the rug is just not how Jesus works. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he died a public shame and we get to bring our junk out into <laughs> the public. And yeah. um, and so, yeah, I think that's a, a sweet thing, an opportunity for unity for sure. So with all of, uh, with, with really, I, I don't think that you've kind of looked at uh, some other courses and said, I mean, someone asked me, hey, so like what what material are you using? And I was like, <laughs> You know, it's uh just kind of not not really any, but and it's so not the way I
1: roll. <coughs> <laughs> oh, we need a course. No. Let me write one.
0: Scott, the wheel's already been invented. <laughs> I, need a, I need
1: I need to this invent the wheel for a round thing. <laughs> Four of them.
0: Um so how did you come up with kind of the you know, the framework for navigating, you know, when when the span is uh yeah. the church and politics. Um <laughs> Uh, how did you come up with the the conversations or kind of the framework uh, to think about how yep. those things would would roll out?
1: I mean, I, I I've thought about the intersection of politics and faith for a long time, so I don't know. It's been probably years uh, cooking, I guess, at this point, in some way. But by and large, the way I, I view like the the purpose of this class is not to immediately jump into the weeds or even to get into the weeds on specific issues or policies or people or whatever and and then start like discussing those things like i think by and large the church is relatively under discipled um and i'm not talking about the village in particular but broadly speaking uh when it comes to politics and so taking a a bit of a ten thousand foot view and really like especially in the first two classes just kind of reframing for us the place of politics in the life of uh uh, certainly at the Christian, but also just in the in, in human history, uh, the big picture of what God's doing in creation, fall, rescue, and and restoration. We'll talk about that a bit in in the second week. Um, yeah, so for for me in in this past week, the first class to ask the question, what's at stake um, is literally to to try to make a, a distinction between the church and politics or our country. Um, And then moving into the second week talking about why should we care, it's then saying, okay, but these things do play together, um, and and we should maybe care about politics because it seems like it was God's idea, and he seems to care about the way that we carry out his vision for humanity. So kind of big picture view there, and then the the second two weeks uh, Mm -hmm. asking the question of how should we think about politics— um, that, that brings us to a place of, all right, like when we look at Romans 14 and Paul is trying to deal with lots and lots of differences, uh, in conscience and conviction in a very, very diverse, uh, local church in Rome. Um, he just doesn't tell them, Oh, y'all need to think this way. Y'all need to do this. But instead he says, no, this is how you should, how you should think and sift through these issues internally within yourself. But then also, here's how you should see your brother and sister in that too. And so that's like the second two classes, um, three and four. It's about how do we think about politics? Uh, And then the fourth class is largely dealing with like, how do we love each other? (laughs) How do we love the church and a lot of that stuff? And then just setting aside some time in that fifth class, um, really just to answer questions because we know folks are going to, the questions will arise. Thoughts will come up in the midst of those four conversations. We don't want to get derailed during those, but that fifth class, uh, set aside for extended prayer um, because that's literally the Sunday before election day, but also setting aside some time just to answer questions that people have. So 10,000 foot view, I don't think we're going to get into the weeds on stuff, but it really is like, in my view, I see it as kind of a, just helping reframe uh, politics and in, in the church and our life and how those things should play together.
0: Yeah, that's good. There's like a de- deconstruction, reconstruction. Yeah. Um, and one of the, I think uh, we talked a little bit about it, but just the danger of assumption, and mm-hmm. even when you say the right. words, even for you to celebrate the idea that we have a politically diverse church, oh yeah, is off-putting, sure, <laughs> to, to some people. Some like crazy, because yeah. they they think that means, you know, maybe that maybe they think that means exactly what it does mean. The,
1: yeah, that we're, we're maybe they think it means we're tolerating sin or tolerating yeah. lie or deception or whatever, and. You know, and, and and maybe there's a part of that that like Jesus does tolerate sinners sometimes, and also like maybe we've made some things absolute and ultimate that, yeah, like maybe aren't. And so I think we get to navigate that, especially in weeks three and four, seeing that maybe there are some things that we do get to draw direct, straight line conclusions from. Hey, Scripture says this, therefore we ought to think this way about this particular issue. And also there's lots of freedom and some other things. So yeah, we'll get into yeah. that in a bit.
0: That's good. So it's called uh, indivisible. Mm-hmm. Um, why is that? Uh,
1: so I can poke the bear. No. <laughs> uh, no. I mean, obviously, it's a it's a callback to the Pledge of Allegiance. Um, and I mean, I, I think one of the things that we get most passionate about, uh, certainly in America, is politics. Um, and I think part of the reason we we get so passionate about it is because we. We genuinely want the best for our country. We want to hold it together and see it held together, and all that stuff. And so, there—that's a—that's a good thing. We should be passionate about, you know, our our country and wanting the best for it and the people that live there. Um, that said, like our our country is not indivisible. <laughs> like by its very nature, it is not. Uh, you know, to play on. Um, what we've been talking about in sermons, it's not immutable. <laughs> it's, it is not, uh, it's not something that's like just going to stay the way it is forever. Um, you know, certainly baked into the, the declaration alongside the, the, the right to life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness is also the right that when those rights are threatened to then abolish the government that's, that is stepping on those things. Um, we've had this little thing called a civil war at some point. And, I, and generally speaking, I don't know that we feel particularly uh, united as a country, um, at this moment. And so, um, I, I think that that's a great ideal, however. Um, and I think there's lots of ideals that we have for America that are either baked into our country as a whole or that we just have in our heads and hearts that like honestly are fully realized in the local church. And so for us to see, gosh, like it might be a bit of a myth for us to think that, uh, America or any other country is going to be the thing um, and yet we do as Christians, as someone who has Jesus as their king and as part of his eternal kingdom, we have an, an indivisible country. Um, it's just at this point, it's a it's a heavenly one. Um, and so for us to see the local church as the indivisible body of people um, with Jesus as our king, like that, that's what we get to be most passionate about, um, is fighting for unity there in a kingdom that is going to last, that we can... You know, put all of our chips in that basket on. Um, it, that doesn't mean that we don't get passionate and fight for the way this country is or strive for unity here, but we also get to be more passionate and more concerned about the unity in the local church. So that's the that's kind of the heart behind that name.
0: That's good. I, I appreciate that. Um, even uh, this week, I, I mean, the reason why we're recording this is because, again, we know that there are people that can't be there, that yep. desire to be there. Maybe they're serving or, you know, kid situation or whatever, and... Um, and then even on on Monday, I got a couple texts. Hey, like you know, can you send me stuff and then, uh, you know just talk to Scott or whatever. And, um, so that's why we're doing this. So maybe help those who weren't able to be there. Mm-hmm. Just kind of bring us into the room and and don't so much hit on content yet. Yeah. But you know, like uh, how did the first class go? What did it what did it feel like? What was the yeah. tone or the vibe or you know any surprises mm-hmm. or anything like that? Come on.
1: I mean, honestly, not surprised at, at all, which is really good. Um, uh, our church is great. Like, I, I love our people, the folks who are there on Sunday, 16 or 17 people that were there. Like, I think um, despite looking around, you know, scrolling through my feed and temperature of church at large, and like, heated and, and and maybe a bit under-discipled in those things, like, I think our church... Um, longs to let Jesus speak into this in lots of ways and so the tone was not scary like I did lay some ground rules and we'll talk about that you know in in a minute or two or whatever around what interaction looks like and and all those things but by and large like it was a a healthy dialogue I think people felt free to say what was on their mind and asking them what's at stake you know is kind of like in this year's election is like a that's a could be a scary thing for some people to say out loud knowing there are people on the other side of the political spectrum who might you know guffaw and roll their eyes at that um so we we, we said hey don't do that um but by and large i think it was good I, I think people felt free to share um it was respectful and i think even um teeing up our time uh in opening and in closing with prayer um is really huge and so for us even at the at the outset like having people look around the room and say hey like <laughs> like these are friends these are brothers and sisters we're not in the situation room, right, or whatever. Like, we're, we're not going to be determining the fate of the country, like, in our conversation. And so, like, can we just, like, bring it down <laughs> a few notches um, and just have a, a candid, open conversation um, with each other. And that's that's what happened. And it was really healthy and good and edifying. And then we got to open up uh, praying for our leaders, which we'll do every single week. Um, that's what Paul in 1 Timothy calls us to do, is to, to pray for those that are in leadership that are in, in high places and authority. And so we, we will do that uh, every week as we did this past week. And we'll also close praying for the unity of the local church, um, which, man, again, that's what Paul calls us to do as well. Um, and then we get to go worship together and, and break bread together or uh, peel off film and then, you know, eat a wafer together. Eat uh, styrofoam. In the gathering. Um, yeah, and express our unity as a local church. So. The tone is not—it's not hostile. It's not—I don't think very tense. Um, and I think f- folks are pretty comfortable and open to share stuff. So
0: yeah, it's good. I mean, what were—if you were just real, real quick, hit on those ground rules, maybe. Mm.
1: So um, yeah, I would say the the one of the anchor texts in large part, probably the, the class as a whole, um, certainly hit on it. Uh, we read the whole thing on Sunday, uh, Romans 14. Um, so some of the ground rules that we have kind of pull out of that, and I think these rules were good—not just for the class, but in general and engaging in political discourse wherever um, overall the overall rule is is that we don't for the sake of politics destroy the work of God uh, in Romans 14 Paul says for the sake of food uh, don't destroy the work of God because some people are eating or not eating and then judging people based on that stuff or uh, making people stumble because of that or whatever and so uh, that is ours is for the sake of politics don't destroy the work of God which is us and his church um, that flushes out uh, kind of flesh that out in four specific ways one is that we don't um, we don't confuse convictions, our convictions, with the clear teaching of Scripture. Um, so, what we are convinced by uh, is is not on the same level of authority as Scripture. For us, or for our brother and sister, like, your convictions uh, are not absolutized or universalized across the whole church um, Scripture is, and so we have to recognize that. Uh, number two, we don't confuse political affiliation with spiritual allegiance, right? So, just because... Um, someone has a, a favorite Caesar that is different than me, um, it doesn't mean that they have uh, a different Jesus, a different Lord, a different Savior, a different God. Um, those are two distinct things. Uh, number three, we don't use the tools of the enemy. So guilt, shame, accusation, uh, laying traps for people to walk into, um, to seed, any of those things. We don't but we don't do that uh, in the way that we converse. And then, uh, if and when those things are to occur in the course of the class, um, man, then we we repent and we reconcile in the class. Um, in the reality, yeah. and if that doesn't happen, then you just be asked to leave. <laughs> so, like, th- those are the ground rules. Uh, I have no uh, anticipation of having to kick anyone out or even walk through that stuff. Largely, but those are ground rules that are there to establish. Hey, like, no, we we are like we're going to be. Not just civil, but we're going to be Christian in the way that we engage in this stuff. So
0: that's great. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and, and so nothing got out of hand. You're saying? Mm. Okay.
1: Uh, no, I didn't have to break up any fistfights <laughs> or anything like that. So. I didn't have it's to
0: good.
1: run and get the bouncer. And get um, Andy Simpsons, right? Right.
0: Didn't have to get him. Uh, <laughs> anything else in terms of uh, kind of dealing with the content that you shared? And, and that was a good setup there a little bit. Any other. Mm-hmm. Um, content that you want to hit on in terms of like scripture that kind of anchored that or or the aim of session one
1: in general? I mean, uh, not specifically, I I would say, um, yeah, Romans 14, again, was kind of the anchor for this past week and serves as a bit of a a pillow for us to land on in the coming weeks um, as well. But yeah, content wise, it was largely uh, this week was trying to help make this distinction between Country and church, and what's at stake and what's not at stake, and so like that was kind of really more trying to draw stuff out of people, um, so we could then like put it on a board and see it, um, as opposed to like teaching much new stuff. If that makes sense.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So one the the question that was kind of the the title of the day, and and really the question that you asked, um, what's at stake in in this election that's, mm-hmm. that's what you ask right yeah What's so, so yeah. yeah for those of you who don't know there's kind of a, a big election coming <laughs> up and it, it really does magnify the diversity of our nation mm-hmm. there was i don't know if you watched the vice presidential debate i did yeah yeah was There was night. like a what an eighth grader or something mm-hmm. ask a question mm-hmm. and she was basically like you know hey we're supposed to kind of be unified and everything i see from from you <laughs> uh you know particularly you know our, our politicians is just so divided like how am i supposed to process that you know <laughs> yeah. and i'm like man that's so good like it's a self-aware you know that's really great <laughs> it's really good and man i love uh to digress for a second i just love rhetoric mm-hmm. and like uh man getting to to speak publicly yeah for a living so to speak i'm just so intrigued cuz in that moment you know you can't prepare for that they're yeah. processing and they want to spin things and all those things. It's like, where are you going? And yeah, it was interesting to hear both of them kind of respond in a, a way that was yeah helpful or whatever. And so, mm-hmm. but but the the eighth eighth grade like okay, bring it down and care yeah. for a kid is like oh that's that's really good. And yeah. so yeah, so all that to say like um, you asked the question, how did mm-hmm. people respond when you said
1: what is that at stake? Yeah, in this election. Well, it's funny. Uh, in my head, I was thinking folks would like go straight to the politics stuff, and I think it was David who was like like. Hey, are you talking about like, what's at stake for the church and the community? It's yeah. like, David, just wait a minute. <laughs> we're going to get there. Uh, so like that, yeah, it's on the top of mind of some of our folks is like, yeah, the most important thing that it's at stake might not be like the earthly political realm, but something different, which I love. Um, but in general, I mean, we, we threw a lot of stuff on the board. Even after the class, I was still writing stuff on the board that people were talking about. Um, certainly religious liberty. Uh, well, and it's important uh, for me to say this too. Like one of the things that I said as I asked the question was like, hey, if you hear an answer that like internally you want to like roll your eyes or uh, like... <laughs> or or, <laughs> or if you want to do that uh, externally. <laughs> yeah, like like keep that to yourself. <laughs> it's like, we're not going to do that in here. Like we're not going to demean other people. We should expect different answers. So these are things that were on the board. Um, religious liberty, uh, the Supreme Court nominee for sure. Uh, climate change stuff, environmental stuff, pandemic response, uh, public assistance, um, education, student loans, confidence in the democratic process, um, which is a, a thing, uh, financial stability, health care, um, uh, race relations, LGBTQ community as well, the unborn, um, uh, spending, which kind of ties to the financial stability, foreign relations. Um, so there are a lot of things that were on that board that are things? and we heard about some of those last night uh, in the vice presidential debate. And I'm sure we'll hear more about those in the coming weeks. But um, so those are things that, that folks put out there. Is man, these things are things that will be affected by the outcome of this election. So um, I then kind of asked the, the follow up question that David kind of already kind of hinted at or whatever. What's at stake in the church? Um, and and man, the church's witness and the church's unity. Um, were like the two big things that arose and that is that is exactly what I, I wanted to get to, um, because the way that we actually go about engaging in politics this year, um, that that does reflect, well, what's the church about, you know? When people step back and just like that eighth graders like looking at politicians and saying, like, what in the heck is going on? Like, how am I supposed to process this or engage in this process, um, when all I see is fighting like like other people are sitting back and looking at the church and being like, hey, so like, wh- how am I, what am I supposed to think about the church <laughs> in the way that it's handling itself in the midst of those things? And, and so that's what's at stake for us. Um, what's not at stake is the future of the church. This is a distinction from the church and, again, like earthly politics. We don't know what the, what the future of America or any other country on the planet is. We don't know. We do know the future of the church; um, that not even the gates of hell are going to prevail against it. And so, um, for us, like that's not at stake. So that should like, whew, like that should like bring us down a bit and cause us maybe not to like uh, either theologize or politicize out of a place of fear. Um, and what's at stake right now, though, too, is also something bigger than earthly politics, which is the the witness and the unity of the church, our ability to in our mission and in our message to be about the things that Jesus called us to be about and to live as as the new creations that Jesus made us to be um, in the gospel. And so th- that is at stake in the way, which is much more important. It's not demeaning the importance of all the other things that were on, that were on the board uh, that day. It's honestly like a, it, it's not uh, de-escalating or devaluing those things. It's saying, no, these things are important. And if these things are so important, man, like the, the unity and the witness of the church is all the more important. Uh, and the way that we go about this, because because then those things we're fighting for an eternal kingdom um, and our, our literal purpose for being here. Um, so, yeah, that's what that conversation kind of looked like.
0: Yeah, I mean, anything, uh, mm, anything that uh, came out of that, that, that you, um, yeah, anything you want to add to that in terms of that list or anything like that? I mean,
1: um, no, I mean, that's literally what I had <laughs> written in my notes is the greatest thing at stake is our gospel witness through the unity of the church and its mission and message. And that's where the conversation went to, which is really, really great. I mean, I I think uh, one thing I want to reiterate in all of this is, um, well, and and maybe this is a bit of a personal note, is like in the way that I've engaged in like political thought in the past, I I think it's easy for some folks to think that if you're willing to criticize or call out certain things that you don't love the country. um, and, And sometimes like when patriotism is seemingly like oh like where's the like do you do you not love our country or whatever and it's like well no I, I love our country um i have an open hand with our country which i actually think allows us to love it rightly uh and better um and so even in, in talking about this stuff in this first class and moving forward uh, again not devaluing the importance of american politics uh, not devaluing the, the rights and privileges uh, in this country, or our affection and, and thankfulness for being here. Um, but, but it's actually saying, no, we can, I think, love our country better by, by letting Jesus lead us better through this stuff, by uh, having our passions and our imagination uh, more caught up in what would it look like for the church to be united, to be uh, uh, together in its mission and its message as a witness, as a light to the world. Um, specifically in this particularly divisive time. I think we can love our country best uh, when we're able to, to to do that. So,
0: I think that speaks to something I know you've heard. I've heard uh, in just normal conversations with normal people and family and friends and yeah. foes and enemies and all the things. Um, the the idea of, I mean, you said one thing that, this uh, this country's passionate about is politics and another thing is, is sports. <laughs> and so, you know, you kind of put the last four years on the radar and Colin Kaepernick and, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, how even the NFL and the NBA, I mean, it looks totally different than two years ago, the yeah. stances, you know, and, and that's like, how does that, how does that stuff come about? Well, through loud voices and yeah. some wrong, some right, whatever but uh, it it is a sweet thing to see some ah, just just shifts in that but but in light of those conversations when i hear them when i have them so often it's this simplicity of if you don't like this country go somewhere else mm. and and one you alluded to the fact that we've had a civil war and and we we come from revolution yeah and it was okay you know it was okay then for us to revolt for the things that we held dear um and so the misunderstanding. and for me, I think one of the things that I shared um, in light of what's at stake or, or uh, one of the questions that you asked in the class was, we just we we get to seek to understand primarily. Mm-hmm. and and yeah. that's the false assumption that when someone takes a shot at someone uh, to the right or to the left, then then they're encamped in yeah. the opposite. And, and that's so dangerous. It's so not true. We can say um, that's not the way, politics should look, or that's not the way, and it doesn't mean that we just get clumped in right. to the left or to the right. Being in the middle or being a gospel-formed human means that we will have enemies to the left and enemies to the right. Yeah, And you and I know that from leading a politically diverse church, yeah. a theologically diverse church in Absolutely. some ways, yeah. uh, certainly a culturally diverse yeah. church. Yeah, And so you have enemies to the left and enemies to the right. And so I just, I just think it's it, it is that. It, it's not, um, man, if you're not going to say these words or, or, or bow down or stand up or, or pledge this or, or not pledge that. Yes. It, it can be assumed that, man, those people don't like what the people who have died and, and spilled their blood for to preserve. And it's, it's, it couldn't be further from the truth. It's it's No we you can love it better by fighting to make it better right and so that's not politically kneeling whatever you know yeah, yeah. that is what it is Later but ever. Yeah. yeah but but just uh, the idea that if you have a complaint uh, it it doesn't mean that you hate the country it can mean no, I just think there's room to grow. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm a one on the Enneagram, so there's always room to grow. <laughs>
1: so <laughs> it can always be better. Um mm-hmm. I, I want to
0: ask you just for kinda like last words, you know, closing thoughts on, on um the this kind of overview uh interaction in just a second, but one thing that I think is uh just came to my, mind when you were sharing there was uh Derek Webb has a song, uh had a song in the past. <laughs> <That is>. um, <laughs> Uh, called A New Law. And the first line is, don't teach me about politics and government. Just tell me who to vote for. Mm. And, and he goes on, he says, don't teach me about moderation and liberty. I prefer a shot of a grape juice. Don't teach me about mm. truth and beauty. Just label my music. And, and that is to the point, uh, and, and he says other things in there, but yeah. um, uh, that the church is under-discipled. Th- that's not an indictment. You know, That's not something that if you're <laughs> listening to that, that you should get angry about. That's something that you should acknowledge and say, sure, sure we are. Because we historically in the church, uh, I don't know, in my experience in the 90s and early 2000s, really good at saying vote for, for this guy or this party yeah. and, and, and this color and, and go down the line. And, and we, we just we get to use our brains as people who love Jesus Absolutely. and who are conformed to his image and, uh, and, and you might hear me saying something that I'm not saying. I, I'm not saying anything <laughs> other than what I just said. Yeah. All right. And so we get to engage our brains.
1: No, I, and we'll get into that over the next couple of weeks specifically. Um, yeah, I, mean, I think the, what we left the class on, like the last kind of open question that we discussed together was like, what would it look like for this church to be united um, during this election season and, and literally have hashtag spirit led imagination? <laughs> you know, like I think... We probably all have a vision for what we want the country to look like, um, and we want to fight for that in some way. Um, what's our vision for the church? Like we should have a we should have a vision for what that ought to look like here and now. And I think when we do look at the way that we engage in politics and stuff, like one of the things that we ought to see uh, more than anything else is the fruit of the spirit um, being born in the way that we. Uh, talk about those things and so uh, peace and patience and kindness and goodness and self-control and (laughs) all those things like our circumstances our situation uh, there's nothing no place no predicament we could be put in that um, that that holds the fruit of the spirit hostage or that says that we shouldn't be able that that we can't bear that stuff Um, that should be born all the time and so what does that look like and and we kind of landed with this in our class. What does that look like in your life? What does that look like in this local church? And I'll ask you, who are, who's listening to this? Like, what does that look like in your life? Um, what's it look like for you to fight for the unity of the local church? For you to let the Spirit bear fruit in, in your life in the midst of heated conversations or heated topics um, of conversation? What does that look like for you to to to, to be a representative of uh, a new kingdom, an ambassador for reconciliation? Uh, in Christ, in the midst of much divisiveness, I, I think we, we get to turn our attention and our imagination to that stuff and let our intrigue and energy uh, drive us to maybe be a little bit more faithful um, in that. So, yeah. Right on. Any last words? No, I mean, I'm, I'm really grateful for a church that's wanting uh, and willing to have these conversations. Uh, thankful for those of you listening to this, whether you were there at the class on Sunday or you, you weren't and you wanted to be there. Um, I'm just, I'm really grateful for that. Um, just What a what a gift, I, I think, to your, your citation of Derek Webb's, <laughs> the, the old Derek Webb song. Like, man, um, I think they're there are much fewer people uh, who are part of the village who just want to be told one thing or the other. But I think they they want to like let Jesus shape them. And so what a gift to us as pastors trying to lead um, in a politically diverse uh, uh, church um, right now through through all this stuff. And, and I think that breeds uh, lots of opportunity for us to bear much fruit, um, not just for the people that are already calling the village home, but down the road um, as we kind of lean into this more heavily than we have in the past, I think this can bear a lot of fruit down the road um, for what God might do in and through the Village Church um, in years to come. So, yeah.
0: Sweet. Well, uh, if you don't have anything else to say, then that will conclude uh, Indivisible, the overview, session one. (laughs) Uh, You won't see us and we won't see you, but uh, hopefully you will hear from us next time. Good. Thanks.